Welcome, Comforted Home listeners. This is the Barking Truth, presented to you by Comfort at Home Pet Services. This podcast will reveal the barking truth about what is actually happening in the pet industry so that you can gain knowledge and education to keep our pets safe, healthy, and well. I will be your host, Jennifer Seibel, Certified Professional Pet Sitter, Dog Bite Prevention Educator, Fear Free Certified, Pet First Aid and CPR Trained, and Owner of Comfort at Home Pet Services. I hope you enjoy. Okay, welcome everybody. So this episode, we're going to talk about the value of having a professional pet sitter. And this episode, I actually have a good friend and colleague of mine, Melissa, who is the owner of Mary Puppins Pittsburgh, with us tonight. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, Jen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. So tell our audience a little bit about your business, how long you've been in business, what services you offer, what areas. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I started Mary Puppins at the very end of 2018. Um, I have close to 20 years of pet sitting experience. I started out working for another company. And then for many years, I worked independently. Um, And then I got so busy that I kept thinking about it. And finally, in 2018, I decided to take the plunge and start a company and hire employees. Um, So we've been really busy since then. Um, I am a certified professional pet sitter, and we work with all kinds of animals, um, both domestic and urban farm animals, um, in the east end of Pittsburgh. And um, that covers everywhere from Lawrenceville to Edgewood and Swissvale. And then we do go over on the other side of the river a little bit in Aspinwall, Sharpsburg, O'Hara, Shaler, and Fox Chapel. Well, great. So you say you finally, you know, got up the nerve to take the plunge. How much of a nightmare has this been? Because everybody always sits here and thinks like, oh my God, I want to answer to myself. I want to be, you know, a business owner. I don't have to deal with anything. And that's, that's not what our case is. <laughs> it is so much more responsibility and more work than just being a solo pet sitter. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for us to just, legalities. yeah, and it's just, it's just hard for us to even get away and have a personal life because people think that just because we own a business, we can take off whenever we want, we can do whatever we want. And that's absolutely not the case. Cause I know for myself, when I take vacations, I still have to be checking in with my pet centers. I still have to make sure that everybody was handled, everything's going on. So it's not as simple as what people would think, owning a pet business. Yes, it is very challenging. Um, So there are rewards and there are trade-offs. And last year was so busy for us that I made a lot of sacrifices. Um, And so this year, my big goal is to work towards sustainable growth instead of just taking all the business that comes our way, really focusing on what we can manage. Because um, along with that, not burning myself out, 
I'm really concerned with not burning out our employees. You know, they are our most valuable asset and we want them to have a good work-life balance. So that's what we're really focusing on right now. Exactly. So I know me and you have talked, you know, many times about what it takes to be a professional and you're a certified professional pet sitter, just as myself is through Pet Sitters International. And I, I don't think people kind of understand what it takes to actually be a professional. I mean, a lot of people just go on social media and are like, oh, I can walk your dogs. I can do this. I can do that. Talk to me a little bit right. about that. Yes. So that is something that I talk with new clients about a lot when they call to get information about our services. Um, what is the difference between using a professional versus hiring someone uh, like a friend or a neighbor or someone's, you know, college age child, something like that? Um, what is the difference? Um, and the difference is we are professionals, so we are always there when we are supposed to be there. Um, we have a lot of accountability built into our systems so that our clients can be really reassured that we are going to be where we say we're going to be when we say we're going to be there. So uh, we don't have any situations of no-shows or people forgetting to show up. We have a lot of um, checks and balances as far as our software. So if anyone is going to be late, um, the team leader on duty is notified and we have systems in place to back up our team so that we always have coverage for the services we have booked. Um, there are a lot of other professional differences. Um, we use software so our clients, um, they're getting electronic journals from us so they know if their animals pooped, peed, ate a meal, uh, got their medicine, got fresh water, um, they know exactly where their animals walked. Uh, they get a GPS map of the walk. They know how far they walked, what streets they walked on. Yeah, and, and they know, like, um, you use the same software as I do. So they know what's, what's scheduled and about the time right. somebody's going to be showing up. And I think being professional, like, what I want to just make sure we have out here, this is this is our livelihood. And, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of your pet sitters, too, this is what puts food on their table. This isn't like, okay, I'm working another job, a nine to five, and then I'm just doing this willy nilly in, in the afternoons. This is what me and you do being owners of this business. This is what we take seriously. And that this is, this is what puts the bread and butter on our table. That's right. We do take it very seriously. We provide our employees with extensive training. We don't just hire people and they just start, you know, walking dogs or visiting cats. They go through a lot of training. All of our team members um, get certified in first aid and CPR for dogs and cats. We do a lot of in-house training um, on our systems and processes. And we also send everyone to uh, training on canine body language and safe dog walking skills. And then we're doing ongoing training throughout the year as well. Good, good. So I know when me and you've talked before about, you know, what we have to deal with in the, in this industry, we'll have people, you know, call us and wanting pet services and are kind of like a little, I guess, a little shocked about our prices. So I want you to help me talk a little bit about like what all goes into having having a professional pet sitter come to the house and what all costs are involved in it. Because I just mm -hmm. had somebody, 
I just had somebody the other day who was like, oh, so if I want your minimum for a dog is three visits a day, it's going to be, you know, $60, and I can take them to the kennel and have them boarded at a kennel for 40 bucks. Why do I want to use you? Uh -huh. Right. Um, our clients tend to be pretty educated and know that they do not want to board their dogs before they call us. So that's not um, a conversation I'm having a lot. Okay. So you might be not getting a lot of those kind of conversations and your clients are knowing when they're contacting you that they want their pets at home. And the reason right. for that is, and the reason I tell people it's, it's more convenient for your pets. First off, they're in their own home environment. We're looking after not only your, yeah, we're looking after your pet and your home. So it's not getting robbed. We're, we're doing a lot more than your dog just sitting in a place, which has, you know, whatever hours, nobody's there overnight, things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, there are a lot of benefits to keeping animals at home. And for some animals, a boarding kennel is just not an appropriate environment for them. A lot of dogs get very stressed when boarding. Uh, for animals who have health concerns, um, it can be too stressful for them. And, you know, there are dogs who have like a kind of party animal personality and maybe boarding for them is a great time. But there are also a lot of dogs who are maybe a little more introverted, um, a little more of like a couch potato or wanting to stay at home or may have a little separation anxiety. And if you take a dog who has separation anxiety to a boarding kennel and leave them there for a week, they may yeah. be traumatized from that. Yeah. And me and you've discussed before too, that you have older dogs and I had, you know, a dog who passed away um, a couple of years ago, but she was immune compromised. Mm -hmm. She was immune compromised. She couldn't have updated vaccines because they would have killed her. There was no option for her. She could not go to a boarding facility because they right. have their specific requirements. And I know you dealing with your older pups, they can't go to a boarding facility they cannot. Um, and one of my dogs is blind, so she would just, you know, be very discombobulated if she was moved to a totally unknown environment like that. Um, and with all the noise in a kennel like that, I think she would be really overwhelmed, too. Um, it's not the right place for a lot of dogs. And we also take care of a lot of dogs who are on medication schedules. Yep. Um, and so we're able to more closely monitor their health needs by spending you know, that extended time with them in their own home. And one-on-one -on -one time with them at home. So you are gaining yep. their personality. You're knowing when something's off and what's going on. And here's a problem with some of the, you know, boarding kennels that I have, you know, a little bit of an issue with is that they just hire whoever. They are not doing, and I've worked at several of them in this area. They do not do proper okay, this is body language, this is how you handle things, let's talk about medications, let's do this. They're just like, okay, pop a pill on an animal and you're fine. And that, that's, a, right. that's a problem. That's a problem for me because I would want to know if my dog is having a reaction, if a medication right. was missed. And I know a lot of times because the proper training is not done in a kennel situation that things can be missed or like diabetes, 
people don't understand. Yeah. And I know of another, you know, person and pet sitter who, oh, the dog's diabetic. I have to give it insulin and then feeding it all kinds of treats, which you can't oh. do because they're throwing off the glucose. Like right, that right. stuff is not explained in, in certain situations. So having a professional pet sitter, I mean, let's talk about what all as business owners you and I have to do. You, you already mentioned some of these, like your people go through extensive training. Uh-huh. That, that is, you know, putting on an extra expense to make sure that your pet sitters are taking the proper care of these animals. Right. It is an extensive cost for us to hire people. Um, you know, we do a background check. We're paying for that. Um, and then, you know, from the time they set foot on site for their orientation, we're paying them hourly. Um, we have employees and they receive paid training. So we're paying all of those expenses up front. Uh, we're buying them the uniform shirts. We're giving them first aid kits and supplies um, so that they're fully prepared to handle any situation that comes up. And those are all expenses that are adding up to the cost to hire. Uh, we also do um, pet care team training, which is um, 13 modules of online training um, to kind of flesh out some of our in-person training. And that's an upfront expense. So all of those things are adding up. Um, now we do our best to hire people who are going to stay with us for a long time and we want to um, have a really positive work culture so that people do want to stay with us and we can retain the talent that we are so investing in. Um, but that, that does add to the cost of the services we provide, yes. Right. And I, I don't think people understand that at, at some times because they're just like, Oh, well, all you're doing is walking my dog. But there's so much more that goes into it. Like the upfront right. training cost, you know, CPR training, which you and you and I are now going to be going through, you know, certifications so that we can start training clients, mm -hmm. other pet sitters, everything like that in first aid and CPR training for their animals. Plus, let's not forget bonds. Bonds, we're backing our people we have to pay mm -hmm. a bond out every every year to make sure that our people aren't going to be robbing our clients, this and that. We deal with insurance. Insurance, yes. which there's a lot of insurance companies who we have such a high, high liability that a lot of insurance companies will not, will not insure us. We are very extensively insured. So if one of our employees damages something in a client's home that is completely covered by our insurance if we lose a client's key which we have elaborate measures in place to make sure that we do not lose anyone's keys because we take home security very seriously right. but if that were to happen um, our insurance would pay for the client's locks to be rekeyed so that we can maintain their safety um, yep. We have workers' comp insurance, so yep. if a dog bites one of our employees, um, they their medical treatment is covered. If they fall and get hurt, their medical treatment is covered. Um, and then there, we also pay payroll taxes. Yep, and those payroll taxes are kind of insane. Not along <laughs> with, with, with what everything else in the world's happening and gas prices and whatnot, it just kind of still, you know, baffles me that 
people kind of still come at us and be like, well, why should I pay this amount for you? What do you have? We're backing you with training. We know your pets. We understand medication. We understand, you know, side effects of medication. We understand dog body language. We've gone through classes of pet first aid CPR. I have a bond on my people. I'm paying for insurance that is not only covering my pet sitters, it's, it's, it's covering you as, as a pet owner and it's covering your pet. Mm -hmm. And I, and sometimes I don't think people understand it. Yeah, and then yeah. then put on top of that the expenses we have as, you know, business owners for supplies. Mm-hmm. For supplies. Because I, I make sure, like, I, I don't know about you, but I provide, you know, poop bags because there's fines if you don't pick up the poop. I, I make oh, sure yes. that my people know there's no reason for them not to pick it up. Here's poop bags. I'm supplying them to you. I'm supplying you with mace in case of a stray dog. I'm supplying you with extra leashes. I'm supplying you with supplies that a lot of people don't realize that it adds up. It adds up. Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. It sure does. Yeah, and then we have to think about two that the pay to the employees. I think a lot of people just think that as us being owners of a pet business that we're, you know, buffing, we're buffing the price and we're just making it out of the air and whatnot. But I don't think they understand that we have business expenses that we need to recover from using our services. Plus we still have to pay our employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It is a lot of work to run a business, to make the schedule every week, um, to write up all of the instructions and keep everything up to date with all the changes. I mean, people um, just in the course of life move things around in their house all the time um, and they or, you know, change the way their animals are fed or, you know, medication changes. It is um, constant and ongoing with keeping all of this information up to date, but we're really committed to doing that because we want to provide the very best animal care possible. So it is really um, more than a full-time job just to do that. Um, I do have an administrative assistant and a midday manager helping me out with those tasks. And then I'm also out in the field quite a bit myself. Whenever yep. we get new clients who, um, if the dog maybe is reactive, has separation anxiety, I always work with those dogs myself for some time at mm-hmm. the beginning um, to make sure that we can safely care for them before I hand them off to one of my employees. And sometimes that can be months. Oh, yeah, I I deal with the same situation because I would rather take on some of those more difficult or I'm just going to put it out there, dangerous animals Mm -hmm. than put my people's safety at risk. But you you just mentioned about, you know, scheduling and you have you have employees. I have independent contractors, but you have what was the last count? You have 14 employees. And I mean, Mm -hmm. just trying to schedule that like. I'm just trying to schedule the few that I have and try to just keep up with my, my own, my own Uh schedule that I have to do. I I would, I would kill myself. (laughs) Like, and I don't think people understand how 
sometimes my one of my biggest pet peeves is that people will contact us and be like, hey, I need you here tomorrow. Or we're in, mm-hmm. what are we in March? And they're just scheduling for summer. Like, okay, I'm already booked for summer. This is, they're thinking they're giving us enough notice, but they're not. And then when you've got mm-hmm. to juggle and schedule 14 people's schedules and mm-hmm. figure out who's available, who is competent, who can, who can handle this animal, who can handle this one, what's going to be the right fit. I don't think people understand all that kind of goes into it for us to be able to provide the best care possible. Cause we're just not throwing any, you know, hobo off the street into there. We're okay. Maybe right. I have a pet sitter who is better with cats. I'm going to let them deal with a lot mm-hmm. of the cats. This one can only deal with small dogs. This one's good with big dogs. So, I mean, I, I, right. I don't think people understand the time consumption of us as owners that comes into play here. The schedule is probably the most complex thing that I do as like a I want to kill owner. myself. I want to kill myself every time I open so, my goddamn schedule. I want to kill myself. You know what, Jen? That's why you know I'm putting my mental health first, and I am only accepting um, new dog clients who commit to an ongoing dog walk schedule. So we get a lot of calls from people who just want travel care for dogs. And we're just saying no to those clients right now. um, And going forward, because we really put a lot into our relationships with clients, we really um, want to invest in that relationship. And when we only see these dogs once or twice a year, it's really hard to maintain that relationship. And it's kind of like starting over every time we see them. So we've just decided that that isn't the right kind of business for us. Um, And so we're, like I said, only accepting those clients who want to have those long-term ongoing relationships with us. And then we will be available for their travel needs. But um, that's one way I'm cutting back on that particular stress. Um, And then when we have those ongoing schedules, um, our dog walkers who are working, you know, Monday through Friday, walking dogs in the middle of the day while people are at work, they are able to see the same dogs on the same days every week and really build those relationships with them. And and I think that's a that's an important part of being a professional pet sitter that I want to stress. We are not just taking care of animals we're building. And I I appreciate Uh you bringing this. We're building a relationship. I mean, Uh I'm sure just like you, I've been called when a dog is is completely in distress. They might have to put it down. There's been an incident. It's it's gotten old. It's gotten sick. I've been there. I've been there Uh holding that animal. I'm holding. I'm holding the pet owner because nobody else understands the relationship we build and we gain and as a pet owner has for their animal. Uh-huh. And, and I, I appreciate you bringing up that this is relationship building. We're not just here that, okay, I'm just going to walk your dog and there's nothing to it. We're building a long-term relationship. Right. And, you know, when we get to know the animals that well, we are in a really good position to notice little things that maybe people you know, the people who live with the animals overlook like subtle changes in their behavior or their health, you know, um, things that may be developing that we can 
make people aware of um, that could be indicative of a bigger picture health problem or behavioral change um, that can also be, you know, health related or neurological. You know, we're always on the lookout for things like that. And we educate our, our team on recognizing those subtle changes in animal behavior. Um, and that can be really useful for our clients as well. Yeah. And, and on that same note, I just, I literally just had talking about that. We just had an, I just had an incident today with a client's dog. So I was walking the dog. I have an hour visit. We're doing good. Well, the dog squats down. And first off, this is a big dog. It's a, it's a great Pyrenees, big dog. So squatted down to take a poop. And there was literally like a bunny sized turtlet that came out of this dog. I'm like, oh, this is, like, you have more in you. Like, what's happening here? So all right. of a sudden, like, he, he walked off, and he was like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, this is a rabbit poop. Like, what, what just happened here? So a couple seconds later, he sat in a weird position and was, I don't, I don't know if he was trying to push something out. He wasn't trying to scooting, but then he did it a second time. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he started squatting again and trying to push something out. Finally, after mm-hmm. the fifth time squatting, he got another turtlet. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a turtlet because it's it's not. It was not a massive poop that this dog should have been having. So he got mm-hmm. another one out, but he just seemed uncomfortable. So the second I got back yeah. to the house, I'm scrubbing through you know the refrigerator and I'm looking for yogurt. It's a good probiotic. It's safe for the animals. He's got to have some tummy upset. Something's going on. He seems constipated. So mm-hmm. I didn't find any yogurt. I hurried up and wrote the owner and I was like, hey, do you have yogurt? Oh my gosh. She hurried up and called me and was like, is my boy okay? What's going on? So I explained to her the situation and she's like, you know what? I'm leaving work now. I'm coming. I'm coming home. I'm going to stop and get yogurt. What kind of yogurt? Everything. So I got a text mm-hmm. later on tonight that he finally had his massive poop. He seems to be doing so much better. She doesn't know what happened. And, and I, I don't know what, what kind of happened. He, he was acting perfectly fine. But it's things like that that, as a professional, we notice. Like, okay, this dog seems a little bit in distress. Like, I didn't want to panic the owner. He wasn't going to die that second. But letting her know that her animal was in distress. And here's tips that I know. Seeing all the animals I do, here's a tip for you. Try this. And voila. He had his masses poop. He's he's good to go. Everything's wonderful. And I mean, right. we, we were just talking about scheduling. And here's another thing that I don't think people are understanding. And I actually got two phone calls within the last week. And I'm, I'm so glad I got these phone calls because I want to be able to help these people out. I don't think people understand that anything can happen at any time. You can have any type of emergency, and we're dealing in a COVID world now. You Mm -hmm. don't know what can happen. And if you don't have yourself set up with a professional pet sitter, what happens if you're rushed to an emergency room? What if you're rushed Mm -hmm. to a hospital, and who are you going to call? Your pet's left at home. Right, right. Um, 
Well, we have uh, set office hours here from nine to five where we're available, but we actually do have an emergency extension that our clients can call in case of a situation like that, that we do um, answer 24 hours a day. So if one of our clients does have a situation, we are always available to them. I, I want to go back to something you mentioned before. Um, you were saying, you know, with some pet sitters, you don't really know who you're, who they're hiring. Um, mm -hmm. And there is um, something I wanted to point out that I have seen a lot, which is um, there are some pet sitting businesses in the area that will post things like, you know, same day service, uh -huh. we can walk your dog today. So the difference in service um, with a professional is that we are getting all of that client information up front. We're setting up a meet and greet uh, where um, either me or an another manager is going in person and gathering all of the relevant information. And then we put instructions together that our employees are trained to follow. They're in a specific format. And we do this so that regardless of which one of our employees goes to care for the animal, they the client is receiving consistent service. So every time we come, we're going to be doing the same things regardless of if somebody gets sick um, and has to go home for the day and somebody else is filling in, they will still know exactly all of the things that we have to do to be able to provide that same level of service. And if you are just um, taking new clients for same day walks, you're not getting all of, there's no way you no. could be getting all of that information no, in and, order and to provide the, that quality. Right, and, and here's the thing too, it's a liability issue. It's a liability issue because offering same day service that I'm just going to show up and walk your dog, you're walking into that animal's territory. That animal has never met you. There's that's right. a bite, and that that is that is a bite incident waiting to happen. And then where do you go from here? So you're at the hospital getting stitched up. You have to report the dog, and you know that dog can be put down because of a bite incident that you caused just wanting to walk in and not take the chance to know and meet that animal. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a Absolutely. huge liability issue. I, I think it's a huge, huge liability issue. So professionals come out, and they'll assess the scene. And I know... I know you and you go out and you meet the clients and you know which one of your pet sitters are the better fit for that, that client. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We usually do have um, like a two or three person team, depending on the client's needs, especially for people who are traveling because, you know, they may need care at all different times of the day and night and getting back to like our team and we want to respect their time off from work and we don't want to burn them out. They don't work seven days a week. So um, it's inevitable that the client will have a need that falls on their primary person's day off. So we want to have one or two additional people who are familiar with the needs of that client and can meet those needs for them. Right. Perfect. And, and that's what needs to be done. But going back to just emergency situations too, I just want to stress to you, you know, our listeners, everybody out here that I'm going to be honest, like me and my husband, we're not getting any younger, whatnot. We have three dogs in this house. I'm going to be honest, I don't want to sit here and think about the what ifs. What if something happens to us? What if, but being who I am, running a pet business, I know that I can call on anybody to, you know, help me out. 
but that's that's not everybody out here. There's there's a lot of people out here who might not have family in town that can jump in. I think mm-hmm. it's important for people to start establishing this relationship. And like I said, I got a couple phone calls just in the last you know week. I have two people who are like, we are you know having issues with COVID. We are not, you know, medically stable. What if something happens? We want to start building that relationship. Great. Mm -hmm. I will start building that relationship with you. I'll come out. I'll do anything. And when and if something tragic happens, I will take care of you. And I will take care of your pet. Yeah. Yeah. It's important um, to have emergency Um, plans in place so that it's clear on what people want for their animals should something happen to them. Right. So going back to the beginning of this, both of us, both of us are awesome. Um, We are certified professional (laughs) pet setters. (laughs) And I, we just need to, I feel like I want us to talk about a little bit about what all, what all went into that. That was, it was a three-hour exam. And, I mean, yep. for both of us, because we've been in the field, we we are making our connections. It was, you know, pretty self-explanatory to us. But I, I feel like we need to, extru- like, express the importance of having an educated person. An educated mm-hmm. person because... Sometimes you just go in, like I mentioned another pet sitter, you know, in this area who, oh, I just have to give insulin. I just give a shot. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. Oh, no. If you're feeding it extra treats, that's changing the glucose. But us, we're educating ourselves. We know what to look for. We're looking at the medications. We're looking at different things. And that's what makes us educated professionals. Not just anybody Mm -hmm. can do this. Absolutely. Right. I agree. So I I think our education and what we've learned, and here's the thing, like, I sit back and I look, and with our certifications that we have, we have to have continuing education. Mm -hmm. So our certification goes for, you know, how many years, but within that how many years, we are not able to renew without having continuing education which is going to pet first aid and CPR. It's, it's being online. It's, it's taking certain classes. It's educating ourselves with what's going on in the world today. Do you know what I find kind of funny? I swear to God, I've never seen a vet's office closed down because they're going and getting their continuing education credits. Right. Right. You know, but somehow, somehow us as pet sitters, we have to, to keep our certifications, but I, I don't know of many of the vets around here. I do know of a couple who have literally closed down and be like, we're going to this. We're getting educated for this. We're getting educated for that. But, I mean, we're me and you are taking off three days to go through our certification to become mm-hmm. trainers for pet first aid and CPR. And even when we put our people through it, it's like a five-hour class. It's a hands-on five-hour class that we have to close down our business for our pet sitters to go through this. And I don't yep, think people understand right. what all we're investing into this. We take it very seriously. 
Absolutely. And we sacrifice a lot. I, I mean, I, I know I've talked to you. I mean, me and my husband, we've gone back and forth about divorce like a thousand times just because we hate each other. <laughs> and, and just because I'm, I'm never freaking around. I, I have two puppies right. in my house. I have two puppies, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. I feel like I was not here for them being the cute, cuddly puppies. I, I remember it for one day, and, and I was so busy with everything else. And I know with with you and your significant other and your wife that there's been issues. I don't, I don't think people understand the sacrifice that we make as, as being professional pet sitters and educating our people and sacrificing our time to make sure that their pets are okay. What is your feeling on that? Yeah, I mean, that is a lot about why I'm really focusing on the sustainable growth and how can I grow this business without sacrificing my marriage or the, you know, the joy of my own animals. I also have three dogs. Two of them are very old and one of them has a lot of complex health issues. And then I don't want the younger one to get screwed out of his walkies either, you know, because I'm out walking other dogs or too busy. Um, And I have also two cats and a rabbit and everyone needs attention and love. And my wife too needs attention. (laughs) So I have to figure out how I can continue to run this business without it running my life or it's not going to work. And then, you know, we won't be able to be here and provide the best animal care. So there are there are a lot of balances that have to be sorted out. And this is a fairly young business. So there are a lot of growing pains along the way. But um, I'm committed to doing it sustainably in a way um, that does not sacrifice my own mental health, the mental health of my employees or, you know, relationships with my own animals and my wife. But also that's all been a learning experience. I think for both of us, it's been a learning experience because the sad part is, is I sit here and I I did another podcast about compassion fatigue. Everybody go and listen to that. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we have to deal with that. We're so invested with these relationships and taking care of other people's animals. We sometimes don't take care of ourselves and don't take care of Mm -hmm. our relationships that we're in. And then we're stuck in this hard spot that, okay, I'm trying to sustain my business. There's animals that need me. There's people that need me. Mm-hmm. But how do I make that make that balance happen? And sometimes, like it comes down to, and the bad part is, is I've noticed. I don't know if you've noticed. We're, we're I'm, I want to talk about pricing a little bit. Um, we already mm-hmm. touched on it, but sometimes I kind of notice that my clients, when I'm taking care of their pets, they don't leave a tip. But if my pet sitters, they leave a tip. Because Mm, I think everybody kind of, they kind of think and they're like, okay, she's the business owner. She's making all this money. I'm freaking living in Penn Hills. Like, I'm not in this (laughs) elaborate house. Uh, There's a drug dealer, like a few houses down. Like, I'm not living in that. I don't think people kind of understand that senses are going into this. I'm not making that much of a profit 
And the right. type of business owner I am, my people who are out here paying the gas prices, they're out here risking their own safety, their own life. They're out here in the elements, walking these animals and taking care for them. They deserve mm -hmm. to get more of that pay than I do. I take a couple bucks Absolutely. here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're committed to paying our employees fairly. Um, we want them, again, to stay with us for a long time. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I am rolling in it. There have been times when some of my employees have gotten paid more than me. Oh, yeah. uh, because maybe I was, you know, doing more administrative work and they were doing more of the actual pet sitting. And that's just the way it worked out at the time. Um, so, yeah, it it's not it's not like there's um, a whole lot of profit in pet sitting because there are those overhead expenses that we're committed to to doing because we care about the quality. Yeah, correct. And I, I truly believe that. And a lot of the times and that's what I tell my pet sitters, like you're going to make a whole heck of a lot more than I do because. I have so many expenses. I have your training, your pet first aid and CPR. I'm, I'm also marketing and dealing with mm -hmm. building up your clientele and building up the business more to pay your bills. So I'm, I'm not bringing right. a whole lot back. Right, right. And all of, all of the work you're doing to set them up for success, um, is, is really important work and the business wouldn't run smoothly if we didn't have ourselves and or other people in the role of of providing those services doing the things like the direct communication with clients the scheduling um right. you know running invoices and payroll um all, all of those things that have to happen in order to run a business someone's got to do it right. and most of the time it's me uh, yep. Yep. And I sometimes sit here and, you know, kind of say that I've built up my reputation because of all the blood, no joke, blood, sweat and tears I've put into this. I built up mm -hmm. my company's reputation just as you have. So we're not mm -hmm. just hiring just anybody off the street. They have to prove themselves to us because if if one person isn't setting up to my standards for pet care, they're they're not in it for these animals and they're not somebody who I want representing my business because it's not only going to hurt those animals, it's going to hurt all my other pet sitters that are striving and going above and beyond. I, I mean, that's what this comes down Absolutely. to. That we, Absolutely. And that's another reason why we just don't take every single client who contacts us and show up the same day to walk their dogs, you know, because we don't necessarily have the staff to meet the needs of everyone. So we have to right. be more selective and we don't want to have, have to just hire anybody to fill those roles. You know, we only hire people who are really the right fit for our company and our culture of delivering, you know, really high quality service. Um, everyone who works here at Mary Puppins 
is very different. We have people from all walks of life. You know, we have moms of Right. kids. We have um, graduate students. We have people who do something else full time. We have retirees. But the thing that brings everyone together is their passion for animals. And they're very committed to providing that level of service. You know, everyone is really proud of the service we deliver. Um, and that's what pulls our team together. And we have a great team atmosphere. Everyone's very positive and supportive of each other. Um, and we've worked so hard to build that, you know, when we're bringing new people on board, we want to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for that atmosphere. Right, right. Um, yeah, and we can't just hire just anybody. And and our Right. price reflects our price reflects in that. That Absolutely. okay, we're we're putting all this out here. We're making sure we have somebody who's dedicated to not only keeping up with our business standards, but also keeping up with your standards for your own pet. And responsibly caring for your pet. Somebody who's just, you know, on a website or, oh, I'm a neighbor. I can do this. I've seen kids on here. Like, I want to throw up. Yep. I want to throw up when I see parents on, you know, social media saying, oh, my kid can walk your dog. You don't understand the dangers you're putting your, your child into. And what if something happens? And they're, they're just Right. not, they're not educated enough. And sometimes like we just have people that come back and be like, but your price, but your price. I just want to express that there's a lot that goes into, into what we do and running a proper, a proper business where we're not wearing out our employees, where they're having compassion fatigue. They hate their job every day.
But here's the thing. If an emergency comes up, we, we will uh -huh. find a way to make it work. As long yes. as you're an established client of uh -huh. ours and understand yeah. what quality of care we're giving. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a client, you know, call our emergency extension. She had to be admitted to the hospital unexpectedly. And of course we went and took care of her dog in that scenario. You know, she's a long-term client. We know her dog. We were able to get there and take care of her dog. So yeah, we, we do want to help people out when, when those things come up, it's just important that people understand, you know, what is an emergency and what's not, you know, the fact that you forgot to call us in advance isn't an emergency. Yeah. When you contact me on Wednesday, because you have a wedding you've known about for a year that's coming up this Saturday. Yeah. I don't, I don't right. kind of have, <laughs> I, I kind of can't like, Shut myself out, redo the schedule and everything. Like people need to be respectful of our time. And I think that's, that's a part right. of things that kind of upsets me a lot that people, sometimes I feel like they're just thinking I'm sitting here with my thumb up my butt waiting for them, to, mm -hmm. for them to contact me for service. And that's, that's not how it is. Like I have hundreds of clients that I'm dealing with on a daily basis I have hundreds mm -hmm. of people out of town that I'm, I'm stressing about. I'm worrying about their animals and I'm, I'm dealing with a lot. And just like you said, I actually, um, I handed out emergency um, contact cards to all my clients mm -hmm. and I got a call from actually a nurse at a hospital that my client walked across the street to get oh. her mail and was hit by a car. Oh my God. She was unconscious. She's been in the hospital for more than 24 hours. They found my card in her wallet and they were contacting me. Now, normally I take care of the cats because the dog travels with her. Well, now I have a dog who, thank God, when I was getting all the information, even though this client was like, you'll never be taking care of the dog. You'll never be doing this. I asked everything <laughs> possible. Tell me, you never know when something's going to happen. So uh -huh. all of a sudden, these animals were trapped in the house for more than 24 hours. She was in the hospital. We had to drop everything and rush over there. And uh -huh. the dog was used to being in a kennel. I contacted the kennel. I set up payments. I set up everything. I dropped the dog off at the kennel. We started taking care of the cats. She had to go through uh -huh. rehab. It was all kinds of stuff. So having this relationship and having a professional who is not going to sit here and be like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to you that I'm never going to take care of this animal. Give me the mm -hmm. information anyways. Right, right. We do ask our clients to list all of the animals who live in their home, regardless of if we're taking care of them. So for example, if we're coming to visit some cats, but they have a dog who's going on vacation with them, we ask them to still include that dog in their profile, yep. just so that we're aware that there are other animals in the home and we're available in case there is a situation like that. Right. Right. Well, Melissa, it's been, you know, great speaking with you tonight. I think we kind of are, you know, getting the word out about the difference between a professional and a hobby pet sitter or just somebody who's just on an app or somebody who's just, mm -hmm. you know, thinking this is fun and games. And right. I hope that this is bringing awareness to people who are looking for a professional and educating them on what all goes into this? What mm -hmm. all goes into this? Because 
yeah, we might be a little more expensive. Yeah, you might be able to take them to a kennel. Are they going to be well cared for in the kennel as to what our services provide? So, yeah, I appreciate right. you taking the time for me. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, just along the lines of kennels, I just want to say that just like pet sitters, they come in different levels of professionalism. Uh. So if you are going to take your dog to the kennel, do your research, you know, take a tour of the facility, ask about their training, ask about their safety protocol um, so that you know that you are um, putting your animal in a safe environment. Absolutely. I agree with that. And especially since I've worked at many of many of the kennels out in this way there, yeah. unfortunately you need to ask what type of training do they have? What's going on? Who's there overnight? Cause you never know what's, what's going to happen overnight. Right. There are good kennels out there. Um, it, you just can't assume that all of them are good. Just like pet sitters, you need to get right. educated. Right. Right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me tonight. So um, give all our listeners um, information about how they can reach you and if they ever need service or just want to check you guys out. Give us some information on how anybody can contact you. Um, right now, the best place to get up-to-date information is on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Mary Puppins. That's M-E-R-R-Y-P-U-P-P-I-N-S. PGH. You can go to our website, uh, marypuppinspgh.com. It is a little out of date. We are in the process of updating it. Um, I keep getting interrupted by animal care needs, so it's been delayed a few times, but we're really <laughs> excited that it will be done soon. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was supposed to be up like a couple weeks ago. I've been waiting to look at it. So Yeah, at least a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate, again, your time. Um, hopefully we were able to, you know, educate some people as to what the difference is and why professional pet sitters might cost and cost a little bit more and what the value that we as professionals bring to the table. So I hope people will continue to do their, you know, research, their education, and I, I hope we were able to help them out a little bit to keep their pets safe. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you for, for your time me. tonight. No problem. I enjoyed it, and hopefully we can do another one in the future. All right. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Have a great evening. You too. All bye. right. Bye.